Welcome to the first episode of the Metco Market Insights Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first ever podcast. I'm Anil Taliani, and joining me today is Trevor Gallen, our Chief Investment Officer. Hey, Anil, how are you doing today? Good, thank you, Trevor. Good. Well, thanks to everyone who is joining us to listen in here. We certainly appreciate the continued support. First and foremost, uh, we hope everyone is staying healthy at this time and doing what they can to adjust to the new normal, so to speak, we currently find ourselves in. Uh, We recognize that COVID-19 is a humanitarian and health crisis first, uh, with the economic fallout being a byproduct of the overall global pandemic. That said, we at Matco, you know, we're tasked with the stewardship of your financial well-being. And as such, that remains our top priority, hopefully allowing you to focus on other aspects of your life uh, as the world works through these current challenges. Well, Trevor, as you mentioned, we're in a very unusual time today with COVID-19 and its economic and human impact. How does the current economic and stock market situation compare to past economic or investment downturns? Yeah, it's an excellent question, Anil. You know, and I think there's a few separate parts to the question. Starting with the social and humanitarian aspect, this particular scenario is definitely unique from past economic downturns in that daily lives of people around the world have really been drastically impacted. You know, working from home to school closures and a significant reduction in the ability to socialize uh, to the same extent society has grown accustomed to. So I don't think we can ignore that this uniqueness is potentially having a greater stress and, and psychological strain on households around the world. So that's kind of the first aspect. Now, certainly, you know, there's the economic landscape, and we're acutely focused on that. Uh, So from this perspective, the economy was in a very similar position at the beginning of this economic downturn, as we have observed in past economic downturns, you know, as more specifically, uh, leading up to the breakout of the COVID-19 pandemic, there were a few economic fundamentals that were quite notable. I'll just walk through them here. So first, You know, the global labor market was very healthy and operating well beyond full capacity, uh, with unemployment rates very low across the global economy. This also lent to, you know, healthy wage inflation of around 4% or so. Now, secondly, you know, as a result of this tight labor market, global financial conditions had gradually been tightening uh, over the last five years as well. And lastly, you know, global manufacturing activity had reached its third cyclical peak and was beginning to lose steam around the world. So there would definitely be some other notable factors that I could mention, but um, just leaving it at those three brief ones there, although the COVID-19 pandemic was not a major economic risk on on the majority of people's radar late last year, generally speaking, the economic landscape itself was showing some signs that we've observed in the past indicating the economy was potentially susceptible to a downturn. Interesting, Trevor. Now, how about from the market's perspective? Yeah, you know, as one might imagine, economic cycles and investment cycles together run fairly parallel to one another. However, the metrics are slightly different. You know, from the market's perspective, the stock market had been on a a healthy decade-long run where corporate earnings growth and multiple expansion, how much investors are willing to pay for each dollar of earnings of those underlying companies. Both of those things in combination helped deliver strong returns for investors. And equally as notable, on the other side of the investment coin with, within the bond market, over the last decade, the credit metrics of businesses have been improving, allowing credit spreads to tighten and you know, the bond market to perform very well. All of this occurring even while the overall stock and corporate debt was rising in North America. 
This is often referred to as the credit cycle, and progressing deeply into the credit cycle was perhaps another signpost that we were potentially approaching the end of an investment cycle. So to summarize and try and pull those perspectives together, the health of both the stock market and the bond market over the last decade have been the positive response function to those underlying healthy economic fundamentals that I spoke to earlier. Okay, Trevor, that makes sense. The economy lays the groundwork and the investment markets drive ahead. So now that global investors are relatively in agreement that we're entering an economic downturn, how might this downturn be different from other recessionary periods? You know, it's, that's also an, an interesting question, Anil. And to be frank, you know, the reality is uh, that no one really can say for sure if the economy will react differently this time around. What we do know, however, is that the catalysts we have observed in, in the past, which have led to economic slowdowns, have all themselves been different and unique, yet the economic cycles have still had strong semblances from one to the next. You know, earlier you said, you said the market drives ahead. So just to kind of stick with your road analogy there, in past economic recessions, the economy had been driving at a fast pace, if you will, approaching a sharp turn. And when it realizes that that sharp turn is ahead, you know, the, the economy must slow itself down to navigate that corner, uh, get through the turn, and then re-engage the accelerator on the other side. In this particular case, it's been a little different in the sense that the economy was approaching a curve. And in fairness, it might have begun decelerating for it. But without forewarning, COVID-19 global pandemic, which is a fairly unprecedented scenario, darted out in front like a train on its railroad tracks. And this really forced the economy to a screeching halt. So, you know, that kind of leaves us in this situation where the length of time it takes for that COVID-19 train to pass will directly relate to, you know, how long it will take the economy to re-engage. Just to kind of build on that a bit more, thus far, speaking to economic fundamentals, we've definitely seen a strong negative response from labor markets globally, with millions in North America filing for unemployment insurance. Although these economic downturns are difficult to stomach and work through, job loss is a large part of that, they do, however, as a bit of a silver lining, help reset the economy for the next long-term economic expansion. So when you kind of try and sift through all the details, if, if investors can find a way to focus their vision a little further down the road, rather than focusing on the train that has forced the current economic gridlock, this really allows them to begin positioning their portfolio for the stronger investment returns that when you look multiple years down the road, we do believe lie ahead. Thanks, Trevor. Now let's get into some more specific questions that our clients have asked us. How is Matco as a company doing during these times? Uh, you know, as a company, we're faring quite well. Tip of the cap, uh, proverbial cap, and, and a lot of credit to our operations department who collectively put together a strong business continuity plan, which has been fully in effect since March 15th. This has allowed us to carry on our operations business as usual. You know, aside from missing the in-office interaction with our colleagues and clients, things are moving along quite smoothly. <laughs> if you can, you know, I kind of have to chuckle if you can believe it. We also managed to move office building locations in March as well. So when the time does come to uh, move back into our office setting, we will officially be located in the Millennium Office Tower in the Eau Claire District. By working remotely, we hope that these operational adjustments are allowing us to do our part really in flattening the COVID-19 curve locally. From our perspective as a business, these are relatively small adjustments, having client and prospect meetings, you know, which are happening by, by conference call or video conference. Overall, I'd say the business was well prepared for 
you know, what we would consider to be an unprecedented scenario and the business remains in healthy standing. Thanks, Trevor. Let's go on to the next question that our clients have been asking. For investors who are sitting on the sidelines with cash, what they should what should they be doing now? I'm glad you brought this up, Anil. That can be one of the challenging things. Without a doubt, times of economic distress can really pull at the emotional strings of investors. However, you know, we we strongly feel it's critical to stay focused on the long-term financial objectives and continue to execute a, a consistent investment process. As an investment manager, you know, we would first emphasize that trying to time the market or pick a bottom, if you will, we feel is an ill-advised approach. For investors on the sidelines or with cash to invest, times of economic distress like this one, we feel are an excellent opportunity to build a low-cost base for long-term investments in, in fundamentally sound companies. A prudent approach is to invest any sideline cash in multiple tranches. This allows investors to really begin deploying capital into a portfolio of strong companies and start taking advantage of the improved valuations that are being offered in the marketplace. It's important to remember, you know, although that economic data will continue to be weak for the next couple of quarters, the market will slowly begin looking forward to 2021 and to 2022 to start determining how quickly these companies will begin growing those earnings off of a very low base of earnings here in 2020 itself. Now let's switch over to performance a bit and talk about how have the macro funds done over the last month? Yeah, although our macro investment funds certainly uh, you know, have not been immune to the downdrafts in the equity markets, our investment process is keenly focused on nine key investment factors, which we have identified as providing strong and resilient uh, long-term investment returns. Focusing on these factors for us really means investing in companies that can perform in both strong economies as well as in challenged economies. Using our, our balanced fund as an example in terms of an investment mandate, it was down approximately 12% uh, this year by the end of March, You know, showing some really good strong downside protection in the context of a, a volatile market. And it's continued to recover alongside the market over the last few weeks as well. Now, digging a little bit more into the funds, what have the fund portfolio managers been doing over the last month during this sell-off? Yeah, it's a good question too, Anil. You know, first and foremost, I'd highlight that our, our core process really is just that. It's core to what we do and it doesn't change regardless of the economic landscape. Those are investment factors that I mentioned earlier and just alluded to, you know, they were hand selected and they allow us to identify those resilient investments that fare well in, in all economic environments. That said, we have run some complementary stress tests and those stress tests have been focused on evaluating the debt leverage, and dividend sustainability uh, of our underlying companies. These complementary stress tests have allowed us to further evaluate the strength of these companies we have invested in. You know, but by design of the process, they haven't really highlighted any areas of concern uh, within our current investment positions. Well, Trevor, you know, a lot of people today are at home, working from home, or staying at home during these times, and they're kind of overwhelmed with all the media. How do you think things are going to play out over the next few months with regarding COVID and economy or the stock market? That's a bit of a spicy one, Anil. Certainly, if anybody turns the TV on day to day, there's a lot of uh, headlines. There's a lot of banter. There's definitely a lot of news out there to digest. And it can be a little bit difficult for for some to kind of refine their compass, if you will. But the reality is, you know, no one knows for sure how exactly this COVID-19 pandemic will play out and potentially how deep the economic fallout might be. From our perspective, you know, trying to predict exactly how COVID-19 will play out 
really isn't an exercise that we're all that interested in or focused on. The, the assignment we do remain focused on, on behalf of our clients, you know, is executing our investment process and building those resilient portfolios. This involves analyzing fundamental data, uh, investing in strong companies, uh, like I said before, that can carry their business on through both open highways and, and bumpier winding roads. What we do know is that these investments are currently available at more attractive prices than they were a year ago. And therein lies an opportunity. Without a doubt, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic is a temporary roadblock and the economy itself has proven over you know, several decades and centuries that it, it's a resilient engine and it will work through these, these current challenges. Again, looking further down the road, we see the global economy recovering from this economic recession as it has recovered from downturns in the past. And what that really means is, is staying vigilant with respect to you know, our investment process. That in, that in of itself you know, continues to be our strongest conviction. The next question we've gotten quite a bit of is, if I'm a conservative investor, what should I be doing now? Uh, a lot of clients or investors are kind of stuck. They're you know, frozen given what they're seeing every day on the TV or watching the markets. But given most of our clients and most people are conservative, what, sh- what do you think they should be doing today with their portfolio? Yeah, you know, again, it goes back to all the information flow. It can be a little bit intimidating for sure. Uh, as a conservative investor, you know, we think the most important thing to do is continue to focus on the long, long-term objectives. Uh, within that context, you know, here's a, I'll give you a few short list of things I think everybody can focus on. First and foremost, stay invested. Do not allow the emotional aspect of investing to drive decisions that will potentially have a negative impact on your investment results. Secondly, you know, continue to save and contribute to your investment portfolios or accounts. Doing so consistently over a long period of time uh, will go a long way in allowing you to achieve your long-term financial game plan. For both clients and prospects listening in, you know, we would certainly encourage you to meet with your Matco portfolio manager to do some work to reconfirm your risk profile. You know, as given the current situation, uh, certain individuals' financial circumstances may have slightly changed or evolved. Ensuring you're invested suitably uh, will definitely help you navigate all market conditions smoothly. And lastly, you know, again, you know, I reiterate, work with your macro portfolio manager. Ensure you're rebalancing your investment portfolios to your long-term strategic asset mix. At Matco, you know, this is often something we do on behalf of our clients. If a client or prospect, you know, has investment accounts that exist at other investment firms, it's always worthwhile to revisit and and have those broader discussions. So those would be probably the four main things I would say, you know, at the end of the day, we certainly encourage our clients uh, to lean on our expertise and experience to help them navigate all investment landscapes. And certainly, especially when the ride gets a little bumpy or turbulent. Thanks, Trevor. One last question, more of a side question. You know, given we've kind of been working from home for about four weeks now, and it looks like we might still be in lockdown for another month or two, just was wondering how you're coping uh, from working from home and if you had any recommendations for our listeners on how to deal with the situation, because I know a lot of people are getting uh, stir crazy. Yeah, you know, I mean, definitely, I think everybody's potentially running into some cabin fever to an extent as it's harder to you know, stay active and do the things that we're used to doing. The first thing I noticed is, you know, I kind of have this Rolodex of eight to 12 ties that I used to rotate through and I've exchanged those for a couple sets of moccasins, which, which I haven't minded. And I think a lot of people have already started talking about this and communicating this. So I think everybody's doing a pretty good job, but developing that daily routine and trying to 
stay consistent in terms of how you were, you know, operating your daily life beforehand, trying to maintain some of that structure while at the same time, when you can get out for, you know, a, a socially responsible walk, just to try and kind of make one day to the next feel a little bit different, even though you're kind of still maintaining some of that consistent uh, daily routine from a productivity standpoint. Thank you, Trevor, uh, for joining us today to answer our clients' questions. To our clients and listeners out there, if you have any additional questions, please reach out to your Matco Portfolio Manager by email or by cell phone. We appreciate all feedback. So if you enjoyed this format of us delivering investment update, we'd appreciate hearing from you so we can look at doing future podcasts. On behalf of everyone at Matco, we hope you and your family remain safe and healthy during these times. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Oh, 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 oh,